0: Hi guys, thanks for joining us at Getting Down to Digital. We have a new episode today and we are so happy you are with us. I thought we'd first talk about who we are as a refresher. Today we have the two usual suspects, which are Hannah and Fran, me. -hmm. And then we have a guest with us, Keely, who has been with us before. Gals, can you say hi to the crowd? Hi there. Hello. Hello. We love it, but let's go through a refresher of just kind of who we are typically. Han and Fran are your hosts. Hannah is our tech gal organizer, connoisseur. Fran says the things and we try to start off with positive notes and keep you guys updated on the SEO world. So we also want to let you guys know that we have a new video out about all eight of our team members. You can check it out on YouTube, or you can visit us at www.uprightcommunications.com and find our video link to YouTube there. So Hannah was part of that editing, as was Kyle, who is another production fellow on our team. So we're really excited to introduce ourselves there. So please check us out. Then today we have a great topic, website development considerations to make. And before we get started with that, let's start off with a happy note, positive note. And when I hear the word considerations, it reminded me of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. And he said, a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. So if we could remember this week to be considerate of others and open to what they have to say and just treat one another with respect. I know it is always a challenge for me to make sure that I am considerate of others. And so I encourage us all to work together to try to do that this week. So that's our start. But when it comes to considerations for website development, we are going to Go with this route. So from function and the way a site looks to navigation and the backend coding, a lot goes into creating these eye-catching, user-friendly search engine visible websites. And it doesn't just end there either. So we've got web developers and designers that work together to produce the websites. And those websites need to be located by search engines. They need need to engage their customers and they need to produce big conversions. So that's a lot of pressure for your website to handle. And fortunately, we have a woman on our team who does all of that and above And she is here with us, as I mentioned earlier in the start of our podcast. So we have Keely, everyone meet Keely again. She's an angel. Well, I am so excited to be here and I I'm even more excited to get to talk about this topic. Great. Well, thanks. Well, I mentioned in my notes prior to this podcast, because we do plan Keely is probably the coolest member on our team. Everyone, of course, is cool on our team. We're obsessed with each other, but I just want to let you guys know she tends to a pet turtle in her yard. She loves Comic-Con. She sews the costumes for Comic-Con even keely is on a dance team and she is also a twin i mean basically you cannot get much cooler than keely so we are so glad to have her on our squad
1: that's a pretty diverse list when you put it all in one (laughs) sentence like that
0: right and then you look at her she's beautiful she has a pink office i
2: mean what is the equivalent of a renaissance man for women Frequently, Fran and I will talk about how we wish you were our mom, Keely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like to think I'm a cool mom, but you would have to ask my
0: sons for confirmation there, I guess. We think they'd agree. Yes, Mm -hmm. totally. Yeah. So, um, Han, if you got anything, holler, but I think this is Keely's show today and Mm -hmm. she's prepped us for all the goodness she's going to share. Well, when we're starting
1: a new website, the first thing obviously we have to think about is the domain that would cover determining the primary URL. If it's a brand new site, basically with or without dub, 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 we don't have to have that anymore that's purely optional, but you do want to determine your primary URL and then having that SSL certificate changes the URL from HTTP to HTTPS And that's probably the first thing that I would say, consider in your hosting determination is you're going to want to have an SSL certificate that will secure your site. It is now, it has been for a while, a Google ranking consideration to see that HTTPS and that secure message on your site. So It is certainly easier when the hosting company provides an SSL. That usually means they maintain it and it is auto-renewed. And just one less thing for you to worry about.
2: What hosting companies do you recommend? We like several hosting companies.
1: There are so many good ones out there that I would say consider what your purpose is For instance, if you know you're going to use WordPress, then look for a WordPress optimized hosting company. WP Engine is fantastic. I think we're hosting a lot of sites with Bluehost as well. I know GoDaddy even has dedicated WordPress hosting plans now. If it's an e-commerce site, then you may choose something that's more geared towards e-commerce hosting that would come with, let's say, site search that is focused on products, things like that. So consider your goals for the site and that will help you narrow down. And then the next thing to look at would be speed and security. So find out how those compare to other hosting company, for example, Daily malware scans, what kind of removal tools do they offer if something is identified? I also like to see regular automated backups available and with an easy to restore option, you know, should you want to revert back to a previous version of your site staging servers, you know, if that comes with your hosting plan, that is a huge plus, I think, because yes. that's where you can try out those new design features and functions before going live.
0: Right. And have your whole team review it. In our case, we have our clients review changes prior to site launches or edits. But in this case, you could have your team view the staging and, and really share to make sure everyone's on board.
1: Exactly.
2: And for pricing, what's the expected cost, would you say? That's a great question. And it can vary.
1: If you're starting out with a new site, they so often have promotions available for signing up for a year or two or three in advance. And the hosting is not as expensive as it used to be. Mm -hmm. I would just say, really make sure that you're not going with the lowest range price range because you will probably make up for that lower price by spending more hours maintaining or reviewing your site yourself. If they don't have those, let's say, daily backups or restore points or malware scans, and you're doing things manually instead of letting those run in the background. SSL
0: certificates used to cost more often than not. And are you finding that now it's included in those programs or what are those renewal fees like? For the most part they are. And so
1: if you used to pay $10 a month for hosting and now it's 30, it might be because the SSL is included Mm. and now you're not paying $150 once a year for that SSL, but it's already part of your hosting. And I feel like that's a great value.
0: Definitely. Great Keeley. Thank you.
1: So after that, I would say the next consideration for the designers and developers to discuss would be what CMS platform that you want to use and even which theme you're going to choose to run your site. I had, this was an interesting statistic that I saw in search engine journal, 39.5% of all websites now are powered by WordPress. Isn't it? That Wow, isn't it? That is a wow Mm -hmm. because started out as a blogging tool. So it is just so robust, so easy to use that it really turned into a, a mainstream full site tool. And you know, we use it a lot. I, I have a lot of good things to say about WordPress. That's not to say that you have to use WordPress. So I would say again, things to consider when making that decision is the purpose of the site, such as e-commerce versus, I don't know, a portfolio site and who will be maintaining it. So for maintaining it, I can write a lot of code. If someone else is maintaining it, I want to make sure that they have the ability to edit and that it's easy for them and that they feel comfortable using the tool. And WordPress certainly meets that qualification.
0: Yes. I was going to ask you if WordPress is an easy CMS for folks that are just starting to build out their websites or they've got a website in their hands now and the CMS is WordPress. It's easy for them to get support or what makes it easy for them? I think there
1: are a lot of resources and tutorials out there to help you understand and learn WordPress then there's a lot of add-ons as well. So these are plugins or extensions that if you want to be able to do something, it's likely that you can install a plugin versus writing all that code yourself. So sure. there's a great library of resources out there. Consider that when you're picking a CMS that if there are particular needs you have, like analytics or connecting your leads to other sites such as MailChimp or where your leads go, does that CMS offer an easy integration with those needs or would you have to write those yourself? Got it. Another plus, I guess I'll throw in for WordPress here is it excels in SEO. I'm able to mm. do all the things that I want to be able to do for on-page technical SEO and the site as a whole. And of course, SEO is a really important consideration when choosing your platform.
2: What's that plugin call that we have for SEO
1: in WordPress? We use Yoast. There is a Yoast free version and a premium. All the basics come with the free version, and then if you are looking to do a little bit more, then the premium version. Excellent as well, lets you kind of do a lot of things through one service within your site, your XML sitemaps, disallowing pages that you don't want in there, 301 redirects, very easy to use tool, very robust.
0: So when you know your CMS or you've identified that, I think we then think about the design capabilities and limits there. Keely, what do you have on that? That is really
1: an area where the designer and the developer should work together to find the right compromise of functionality versus elements that say are purely aesthetic, but might add significantly to the overall page load. An example could be just a lot of functionality on the page that could have been done in a simpler method, static content versus a lot of scripts. Looking at that site, especially in a staging server and testing those page load scores to see how you can tweak to get the idea that the designers want on the site and not compromise that page load score that is so important to both user experience and now to search rankings too. So it's a balance that you want those visual elements projects your professional brand image and just the overall brand of the site. But there might be different ways to accomplish those design needs.
2: And in your entire career, have there been any breakthrough design projects that you were able to implement that you didn't initially think, but somehow you made it work?
1: I think my most favorite thing to work on is the mobile design of a site Mm -hmm. when we're only presented with a desktop idea from a designer or from our client is how do we adapt that to a mobile design where page speed is even more important and the user experience is still key and it needs to guide your customer through the site ultimately to your conversion goals, but make it easy for them to use on a small screen. So I find that a rewarding challenge Mm -hmm. when we can adapt that and have a good experience for both our clients' conversion rates and user experience for their customers.
0: Nice. Thanks. Our next one is easy site navigation usability and Keely, I'm not quite sure if you have this on your notes, but I know that, and I really like the passion that Keely has for this, but the ADA compliant, I know that Keely volunteers for an organization that has people with special talents. I think they cannot hear or see in some instances and do you have any feedback or specific thoughts on the ADA compliancy in addition to what it is you want to talk about too?
1: Absolutely. The website accessibility is a really interesting topic and working with the Coachella Valley visually impaired services group has been a learning experience for me. And there are definitely navigation considerations for visually impaired that be skip to content is an option that would not be available to say, you know, sighted desktop users. It's something that's off screen, but it lets them jump to the content of the page. And Mm -hmm. I like having these goals and these tools that we can use to meet those goals. There are several out there and they're fantastic. So not that using a tool guarantees that you're meeting every element of the accessibility standards, but it certainly is a tool that developers should be using.
0: Great. Thank you for touching
1: on that. Mm -hmm. I think uh, you guys have probably both heard of like that three-click rule that every page should be visible or available within three clicks.
0: Hmm, No, that's new to me. No, No, I love that.
1: Well, that was kind of a rule. I think it's probably an older rule and and it's kind of a myth. I like to think about it more of giving your visitors multiple ways to navigate through a Mm -hmm. site. Not everyone arrives at the homepage and then follows that path, but having clear call to actions on every page is a way to guide them to the next area of the site they should visit. Breadcrumbs is a navigation element, having breadcrumbs on a site so they can jump back up one level or two with the links Mm -hmm. in the breadcrumbs. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You might consider a block on the page with links to related pages or posts or products. You know sibling pages, things you might also be interested in. That's sort of a, not the traditional navigation across the top of the page, but just more ways for people to dive in once they're on a page of the site. But definitely easy site navigation, putting a lot of thought into that upfront is important. I am a huge fan of mega menus. <laughs> I love yes. that idea to hover over and see a lot of choices. I get a real picture of the whole site that way. Mm -hmm. The footer is another section of the site that you could think about in a more inventive way. And I think upright and some of our digital marketing strategists have had some great ideas in this lately, not just to include contact info and a few links, but to really use that space Mm -hmm. to get people into the blog section, let's say by having some recent posts there or their social feed or important pages of the site linked in the footer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, our podcast then, is LinkedIn. Our footer, I believe,
1: it is exactly Thanks. so. Yeah, that's a great use of the footer to get people to learn more about Upright Communications in that section. That it's not really a product or a service we offer, but it's a great resource. So a great use of the footer there. And another thing I think works well for navigation is the HTML sitemap, which has been a feature that's been around forever. I use it a lot. I love to go to a website and when I'm looking around, click the HTML sitemap link in the footer. This is different than an XML sitemap, which is a search engine feature. We're using the XML sitemap would be a list of pages on the site that we're submitting to search engines. The HTML sitemap, you can get creative with this. It's a page on your site, usually linked in the footer. And I would say have the link there, make it available for people to get to. But it can also be used for internal purposes, a way to review the entire site, see the architecture, maybe see what you might be missing, opportunities to improve the organization of your site. And looking at this HTML sitemap is a good opportunity for that.
0: Thanks, Keely. All right, guys, I think we have one more item on Keely's list and I have rarely heard Keely comment negatively about something, but spam is definitely one of Keely's triggers. So I think this is a great topic for her to end the show on ways to combat spam.
1: (laughs) It is. We do have to deal with it. Unfortunately, we do have to deal with it. We put a website out there. And we're going to get some crazy bogus leads along with the real ones. So we do want to think about options to reduce those bogus form fills from cluttering up your inbox so you can concentrate on your real leads, of course. So look for a service like Akismet that is a paid service and you're using their sources to identify spam and swipe that out from landing in your inbox. And if you don't have a service like that, you can install CAPTCHAs. You can look into yes. a honeypot, which would be a hidden field that would filter out spam bots and not even complicate the form for your users. So just there are tools out there. Just look for one that works well with your platform and I guess consider to tweak the settings of it if you find that you are bombarded with too many spam submissions to your website forms.
0: And Keeley too, oftentimes the domain and hosting packages, those services help you combat spam. Is that right? Or maybe I'm making that up, but they could offer some input for folks who are having spam issues or way to better protect their websites from spam. I
1: would definitely look into options of protecting your website from people trying to log in or making changes to your
0: files. And there are services that are going to send you alerts along those lines. Yes. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I do remember when I had my website, my skincare blog, I was alerted by GoDaddy, I think it was, about some spam issues the site was having. And I just was impressed that everyone's kind of working together to combat these knuckleheads.
1: You're right. They are. But it's still a prevalent issue. So something you want to be aware of and and know that there are services that you can use to help fight it.
0: Cool.
2: Do you know the motivation behind bots? I can't quite comprehend why anyone would ever... Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's like, why are you being nudgy? Yeah, especially if it's just like a form fill. I mean, I get when it's someone trying to promote their own business and use that as a way, but some of them are so random. I don't know who would go through the trouble of
1: doing this. Exactly. I see no monetary benefit from you having submitted this form. So (laughs) Why did you
0: do it? Right. Mm
2: -hmm. You've mentioned like the two plus three, is that the CAPTCHA or? That's a type of CAPTCHA. Sure. It could be to have
1: someone answer a question, answer a math question and check for that value before you'll let the form complete its submission. Those Google CAPTCHAs, you know, where you're matching up the pictures. Can be I don't like frustrated.
0: those. <laughs> those are so hard. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Hannah, because those yeah. are a lot simpler or can be. A lot simpler for your customer to complete. And everything is a compromise that you don't want to make it too hard for your actual customers to submit a form while mm. you're trying to combat spam. And why I would say, try something for a week and monitor the results and get feedback. And maybe you would want to move to a different service if it is preventing you from getting your actual leads.
2: Yeah, I would much rather answer a math question than to pick those images. As long as it's not too hard, right? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly.
1: No square roots or anything.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) Funny. Well, I think that was our list of items we wanted to talk about. Do you have anything else to add. I
1: love this topic of the designers and the developers working together initially to have a good plan for the website. I think Upright Communications does a great job of that. And I always appreciate knowing the design plan and the goals before we start a new project.
0: Wonderful. Well, you were a crowd favorite the last time you were here and we're so honored. She's giggling humbly. We are so honored to have you back and you are a breath of fresh air and a smarty pants. So we couldn't be happier to have had you on here today. Hannah, you were a gem as always came up with some great questions there, girl. You uh, surprised me. Yeah. You surprised me with the one about Keely's career. Uh, question because yeah. yeah, that was creative. Keely, how long have you been doing this?
1: I've worked full-time with upright for 10 years. I worked as a consultant with the company for about five years before that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, more than a few years in the industry before that even. So
0: yeah. it's been a while. Yeah. And Keely was born smart. So this- <laughs> <laughs> she's a gem. So we're glad to have her. All right, guys, another episode will be up. Soon, Hannah will organize us and we sincerely appreciate your listenership. Is that a word? And we've made uh, it a word. <laughs> right. Until next time, remember a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. Eeyore, have a good one, guys. We'll talk soon. See ya. Bye. Bye.